Coming up on Philosophy Talk. The power of thought. I bet you women would like to know what men are really thinking. The truth, the honest truth of what men are really thinking. Because I, I could tell you. Would you like to know? All right, I'll tell you. Nothing. Human thought has given us science, literature, and morality. Human thought has given us superstition, slavery, and war. That's why we're honking car horns, yelling from construction sites. These are the best ideas we've had so far. How does the magic of language enable us to share our thoughts with others? Newman? Yes? What are you doing? I'm thinking. Well, think me up a cup of coffee and a chocolate donut with some of those little sprinkles on top. Will you, as long as you're thinking? How many different thoughts can you think? Dr. Bob, the patient is sinking. I wonder what he is sinking about. Oh. Our guest is renowned cognitive scientist Steven Pinker. The power of thought. Coming up on Philosophy Talk. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Everything except your intelligence, that is. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're coming to you from the studios of KALW San Francisco. Continuing conversations that begin at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus. Today, the power of thought. Ken, human thought's an amazing thing. It's given us science, literature, morality, and last, but certainly not least, philosophy. And thought even has the power, John, to create sort of ex nihilo, brand new realities on its own. You're, you're thinking of, of the realities that created by novels and, and artists of various sorts? No, I'm thinking of the whole social world, everything from clubs to nations and every kind of social reality in between. They're all sort of creations out of nothing of the human mind. Yeah, but the human mind is unfortunately not all sweetness and light. It's given us superstition slavery and, and the basis of war. Yeah, and that makes the nature and power of human thought really all the more puzzling, John, because the mind that spent millennium after millennium mired in archaic social formations, in the grips of irrational superstitions, is the very same mind with the very same powers of thought as the mind that has produced science, philosophy, and art. Well, uh, our, our goal, our modest goal today is just to understand what enables human thought to do all these different things. So where do we start with that modest goal? Well, let's start at the beginning. What are thoughts? Well, that's easy. Thoughts are things inside our heads, inside the brain if you're a materialist, you'll think, inside the mind if you're a dualist. Well, you've told us where thoughts are, but not what they are. If we're going to understand the power of thought, we at least ought to distinguish some of the different kinds of thoughts and, and think about how they work. I, I, I get your point. I, I get your point. Take a simple thing like the belief that there's beer in the fridge. Now, there's a thought for you, but it's only one kind of thought. Sure. I mean, you, you might also want a beer. That's a thought, too, but it's a different kind of thought. It's a desire. Yeah, uh, now, beliefs represent or sometimes misrepresent how things are in the world. They're, they're the kinds of things that can be true or false. Hopefully, our beliefs are more true than false. If our beliefs are false, then what we should do is change our beliefs to match the world. Desires, on the other hand, don't represent how the world is. We don't say, we don't say for example, that my desire to have a beer is false just because I don't have a beer. But we do have a word for it. We do say your desire is unsatisfied when you want a beer, but you don't have one. And now the way to satisfy a desire is not to change it Right. In, as we said with a belief, if it's false, change it. With a desire, if it's unsatisfied, don't change it. Change the world. And that's where the third kind of thought comes in, intentions. If you believe there's a beer in the fridge and you really want a beer, 
then maybe you'll form a new kind of thought and intention to get one. And an intention is the kind of thing that can actually make you get off your duff, walk over to the fridge, and get a beer, and presto changer, you've changed the world. You've now got that beer. Yeah, although uh, intentions don't always do their job if you're a weak-willed, lazy, sort of procrastinating guy like me. Right, well, yeah, that's true, John. Now, but look, if you really want to understand the power of thought, we have to understand how beliefs manage to represent or sometimes misrepresent the way the world is. And how desires manage to set forth the ways the world might become. And how intentions actually move us to actually act to change the world. You know, that sounds like a pretty tall order for one hour. Well, we've got one advantage because all these things, beliefs, desires, and intentions, seem to be built out of the same basic building blocks, just kind of put together in different ways. Right. They're all built out of concepts or ideas. My belief that there's a beer in the fridge, my desire to drink a beer, and my intentions to go get a beer, they all involve the concept or idea of beer. For example. So let's start by thinking about the nature of concepts or ideas. Where do they come from? How can they be put together to create such a wide variety of thoughts? And then once we have a handle on that issue, we can think more about the different things the different kinds of thoughts do. Well, it sounds like a plan, but you and I are certainly not up to carrying it out. Well, we've got help <laughs> on the way. We're, we're going to be joined soon by Steven Pinker, the world-renowned author of an amazing series of books about the human mind, including his most recent, The Stuff of Thought, Language as a Window on Human Nature. And we'll have another advantage. We have the help of our very thoughtful listening audience. But first, our roving philosophical reporter, Angela Kildoff, took to the streets to find out what some non-philosophers think about the nature of thought. She files this report. What are thoughts, and where do they come from? Gosh, that's a tough one. To find out, I asked people in downtown San Francisco. Basically, I guess that's, it's what we process, what we see, smell, you know, our senses. So whatever we sense is just how we process it, and that's, I think that's where thoughts come from. I don't have an answer. I have to think. <laughs> so. You have to think about what thought is? Yeah. <laughs> I would summarize thought as conscious and subconscious imagery and words that flow into your head that you don't always voice or act upon. I think images end up provoking thoughts, that you see something and then that triggers the idea that is what we call a thought. Well, I guess it's a rationalization kind of between your spirit and your, and your brain. Is your mind different from your brain? Well, I consider your brain to be the actual physical, but your mind is the, the not physical, <laughs> I guess. My thoughts are random. I actually like play something in my head, think about it, analyze it, and then I, you know, that's how my thought comes out. Something that you imagine in your brain, some of that like just pops up, I guess. It kind of comes out of nowhere, because you know, it's just like right now, it pops in my head that I need to go home and sleep, because I'm tired, kind of. Well, recently I felt like it's like an accumulation of everybody's thoughts put together. Thoughts, I believe, in my mind, would be created by words that we learn from infancy on up. It's like a building block, and so we build on that, and then we put combinations together. Our own creative mind works somehow to build upon those blocks that we've learned. I think actually, in some weird way, it kind of goes out in the universe and bounces off everyone else in the world. and people, places, things. I think the mind operates so that it remembers things and when you think a thought it's something from the past coming through your head. I don't know where it goes after that. <laughs> really I don't. I guess just a desire to know more about whatever topic is being discussed. Um, thoughts are, uh, in my opinion, just trying to figure out more about a topic than you already know. I guess I haven't really thought about my own thoughts at that level. So a thought comes from 
maybe an inner desire or memory or reminder or uh, maybe a habit. And where does it go? I guess it goes back into that stash of memories and uh, habits and I don't know. I really haven't thought about thoughts. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Angela Kilduff. You can listen to the rest of this episode by purchasing it on iTunes Music. Or for unlimited listening, subscribe to our archive at philosophytalk.org.